Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about Over the Next Horizon? I am, because after all, we we are are the Watchers of Movies. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm... (laughs) I'm really good. Thank you for asking. Um, I had the day off of work and it was stormy, so that was kind of nice. Two fun things, so that's cool. I was. I keep going back and forth with my apartment complex, and I know you're going to be like, "Well, it's an apartment complex. That's what they do with maintenance." Because I get a call yesterday, and this is like the third time this has happened where they're like hey um so we heard that you have a hole in your floor of your kitchen and i'm like yes i've been talking to you guys about this for like a year now you know like yeah can you fix it (laughs) can you come and fix it and they're like well what we'll do is we'll come tomorrow and we'll look at it and i'm like it's already been looked at like four times i know they're not coming so i'm like okay we'll come after 10 a.m I'm like I slept on the couch all night because I was like if I'm like and I have like the protective metal thing so if they try and come in they're not gonna be able to come in so I slept on the couch all night because I'm like I'll just wait and then I just didn't feel like going to my bed because I was like what if they come at 10 and then I can't open the door I don't hear them or whatever you know yeah so I'm trying to sleep on my couch which I usually end up moving to my bed like I like to start on my couch and like just watch tv and wind down and no one ever came no one came, no one oh, came, and I was annoying. just like, Lauren, I just spent all night on my fucking couch for no reason. Like, why did I do that? Have you ever used, like, an alarm? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The thing is, I stayed up to, like, 4 a.m., oh, so I was pretty, sure. I was like, uh, I'm like, 11.30 will give me, like, eight hours of sleep. <laughs> do you sleep straight for eight hours? No. I was gonna never. say, because I don't sleep straight. Like, I probably wake up a couple times i do too. even if i was up at 4 30 but um sometimes i wake up and i'll do stuff for like hours yeah and then i go back to sleep but that's that usually seems so typical of an apartment complex <sighs> though like i don't think they're ever gonna fix it you should just i know accept that and then if they do fix it it'll be a pleasant surprise well what i think i should tell them is that i tripped on it and it injured my heel because it oh, has should con- i cut this out no the- <laughs> i because it has kind of happened before oh, okay i thought you but, were like gonna like fake him no like it's really like it is dangerous it's a it's like a big hole yeah. like an, i you have can see covered. your downstairs neighbor <laughs> <laughs> totally um oh, it's you have a, it covered with a rug or something yeah i have it covered with a rug uh. but it, it's like <laughs> It's just like, how many people have to come in here and look at this hole before no, you all just, go? They're just waiting you out. They're just wait. They're they're gonna. T- they're just what they're doing is saying, let's. Co- we're gonna come look at it. We're gonna fix it. But in their heads, they're like, eventually she's gonna move out. So let's just hold. Let's just right. stave her off and make her think that we're gonna fix it until she moves out. And uh, I, yeah, yeah, I had water damage on my ceiling. I still have water damage on my ceiling from when like the roof was leaking, and they fixed the outside of the roof. Uh, but they and then they said multiple times that they were going to fix the water damage on the ceiling and then they came in and they painted something in my bathroom and like it was a complete mess like paint they got paint all over my belongings in my bathroom yeah, so I actually good. called them and I was like 
if you're going to fix the water damage in my apartment, because it's in like the entryway, I said, I would like to know exactly, because they didn't tell me when they were coming right. to paint for in the bathroom. I said, I need to know exactly when you're coming because I want to move my belongings. And then they called me back and they were like, we're not going to do any work in your living room. And I was like, perfect. I don't actually want it to be fixed anyway, because <laughs> it's not worth it. Because they don't, right. you know, they, they run on their schedule. They don't run on my schedule. And don't get me started about like just come decency of a human being to care for other people's belongings but yeah no yeah. i know well and that's like part of the issue too is that if they do come here i need to like have a like a backup for food you yeah, know because they fridge, have to move yeah. all the stuff out i mean they you know the actual counters they'll leave there because they're you know attached to the wall but they have to move out the oven they have to move out the fridge yeah and i so then it's they're like never gonna do it <laughs> I know. I I think if I just tell them like, "Hey, I got injured from this, so y'all might need to fix it." it. Yeah, my friend Lindsay. (laughs) When I lived with Lindsay, our washing machine broke, and it wouldn't work, and it was broken for like almost a month. And she went to the office and said, "We're paying for a washer and dryer, so I'd like you to deduct the washer and dryer or the washer." at least from our rent for the month and they fix it the next day like i'm not <laughs> yeah, be- i'm not yeah. being hyperbolic it was the next I day believe it. Yeah. yeah yeah because when um when they had that issue with um my my um i'm totally blanking they had that issue with my tub oh yeah and i can't even remember what it was anymore the floor it was like the floor underneath it was weak or something yeah remember? Or something like that and i felt like really unsafe like stepping yeah. in the shower they came the next day and fixed that that's why i figure if i tell them hey i injured myself yeah, on this that's smart they'll go and and they'll do it because it is true and it, it is like like i've like almost <laughs> like stuck my toe in there accidentally well, and yeah. tripped you know so yeah. it's it's not hyperbolizing you know like i'm no. not really lying because it's the truth it's like it could be it could be dangerous i could injure myself so yeah also the annoying thing is if you owned this property you could have it fixed whenever you wanted but since you don't you have to like wait for them but technically in your rent you're paying for an apartment that is in proper working order exactly so yeah yeah but they that's just like it sucks but that's how apartments are you know and they're yeah. just like Meh, eventually they'll move because it's such a um like there's such a high turnover you yeah know? so i think they Except just for count. me well yeah i mean <laughs> like, i lived in my apartment lived, for 10 years yeah so, almost yeah. 10 years next year will be 10 years oh, you wow. know yeah because yeah. i moved out when i was 26 next year i'll be 36 yeah and that's how time works in math <laughs> a decade <laughs> yes oh anyway so it was kind of frustrated and annoyed by that and i was like but i um i was just so tired so then i took a nap earlier or last night i took a nap for like three hours like i laid down on the couch and i was like well i had um buzzfeed unsolved supernatural on have you ever seen that show no it's kind of funny it's like it's these two guys and one guy does like a bunch of research on a place and he talks about like our ghost reel and then his friend is a total skeptic so so there's shane that shane is the skeptic and then ryan is the one that's the believer so they'll go to these haunted places like they go to like the winchester mystery house and everything and there's one episode where shane is just like outside and he's chilling and he's talking to like the the um the crew like the you know the camera crew 
And he's like, oh, yeah, no, there's no, it's not haunted. It's not haunted in there. And in the background, you can hear Ryan just, like, flipping out and screaming, like, in the actual, like, he's outside of the castle, and then, like, Ryan's inside the castle. So it's really funny because they're so different. And, um, but... apparently also soothing because i just passed right out when i was listening to them i was like oh yeah so uh i also read a thing that it was talking about someone's voice and i can't remember the actor but they said like so-and-so's got such a soothing voice they could tell me a detailed plan to murder me and i'd still fall asleep to their (laughs) voice and i was like that's no i get that like that's how you feel about like sean bean and liam neeson like if they told me like a detailed plan i'd be like oh my god (laughs) there's this one line that Liam Neeson says in um, Batman Begins, and he says, if someone stands in the way of justice, you simply walk up behind them and stab them in the heart. And I love the way he says that, like, because he's like, stab them in the heart. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I will stab them in the heart. Thank you. <laughs> Henry Ducard. Um, anyway, I was just, that's, I don't know, just random thing I thought was <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> so... I have some uh, icebreaker questions on movie and TV shows because the movie we're doing today is a little, little short, so about forty-five minutes long. So we decided that we were going to do, um, I don't know, some more questions, right? Yeah, you found some. Ex- you found some additional ones. I did. I, it was weirdly difficult to find ones that I felt like were compelling enough, you know? Because oh. some of them were like, "What's your favorite movie?" and I'm like, mm, "No." Mm -mm, that's not that's not what i'm looking for (laughs) looking for like in depth you know what i mean yeah so this person i think is really good if they made a movie of your life what would it be about and which actor would you want to play you emma stone would play me okay because i feel like we could be friends in real life she has panache i think florence Pugh would be good for you i don't think emma stone looks like me i'm not saying that but i just feel like um she has this a person like i feel like if we hung out we'd either get along really well or we would hate each other because we're too alike i don't know <laughs> but i just and i'm not saying that because i'm like trying to toot my own horn it's just i've seen her in interviews and i've read interviews and i just think like i don't know i just feel like she's a kindred spirit um so i think she would play me mm-hmm. and i think it would be what would it be about um, your adventure and your love of movies. <laughs> your adventuring into your <laughs> love of movies. It would be about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, then we're going to need a sassy friend to go along with it. <laughs> I don't know who, though. Well, uh, that's you get to answer next. That's right, and I do. Sorry. In that movie. No, I'm just saying. And then in that movie, that actress could be in the movie, is what mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it would be about. Maybe it would be about... Um... <laughs> oh i don't know i know i don't i don't think i have an exciting life like at all so i don't know it would just have to be like a made-up story i guess it would be like i could say like one a time, coming of age story with you or something the like one that. time that i like i hated like i hated christmas and i was taking a bus from like new jersey to ohio and it broke down in this quaint little town oh this is a not a real thing that happened i was like what i've never heard the story the town was like really into christmas and it was winter time and i was wearing like just beautiful coats and scarves and and i got a little job at a coffee shop because i was there for one night and everybody there was just really nice but the thing is they were losing their source of revenue Mm -hmm. this like giant christmas tree was 
dying basically because oh. it was just so old and and so that they were like well nobody's gonna want to come for the christmas festival because you know this rich family is slowly killing the tree because they were putting like pesticides in the ground or something and but the rich family was also like bankrolling the town and so what happened was i ended up falling in love with the christmas tree farmer and um i decided to stay in the village (laughs) you know i think i know who might pick up that movie i think hallmark might Um, <clears throat> I used to think Rebel Wilson would be really good, but then she lost a ton of weight. Now I'm like, I need like a, I need like a, I want like a bigger chick, you know, because I'm a bigger chick. So I think it would have to be an unknown. Oh, that's what I'm wow. thinking. An unknown because I really, I really. What about, um, what's her name? She's Jonah Hill's sister, Beanie. Oh, Beanie Feldstein. Beanie Feldstein. I can see her. Yeah, I can totally see her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to say it. No, I love okay. I love Beanie Feldstein. I think she's really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> she... Okay, so let's say her. I think it would be like a coming-of-age story. I think it'd probably be... Like, probably moving from the other side of the state to Grand Rapids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and just dealing with that. Because was, I, was, I was dealing with, like, a lot of depression at the time. And um, I didn't change. have any friends. Yeah. and um, But I think it would, like a Hollywood movie, it would definitely be a little, little bit, you know, like, not super historically accurate. It would be more oomph, you know, yeah. more fun to it, um, more drama. So, yeah. Yeah, in a coming-of-age story about my life, there would definitely have to be some lying about, like, high school parties and stuff. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, yeah. And not just, like, oh, my parents are gone for the evening, so I'm going to (laughs) rent three movies from Blockbuster. No, exactly. (laughs) I just ate my entire weight in popcorn. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but thankfully, there's a bunch still in my bra, so I can... (laughs) Um, Let me see. Um... If you could see one movie again for the first time, what, what would it be and why? Well, it would be The Fellowship of the Ring. Because mm, I one. found it so thrilling. The scene where they're running for the Buckleberry Ferry, Mary and Pip and Sam and Frodo, and the ring wraiths are chasing them. Oh my God, was that's like so scary. Borderline terrifying in the best of ways and thrilling the first time I saw it. And I just would like to like recapture. Like when they hide under those like roots and everything. And, oh, oh man, my God, it's I so know. good. And they do Ugh. that cool tracking shot. He's like, I think we should get off the road. And then yeah it's great i love also just like the magic of discovering lord of the rings as well just you know big time yeah how about you um i think it would probably be probably like sound and music oh nice just because it's something that i've loved since i was a child and I think I would like it now as an adult if I'd seen it now, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of movies where I'm like thinking, like, would I have liked that as a kid or an, as an adult, you know? But I don't know. Um, I think that, yeah, probably that one. Yeah. But th- like, do you ever do you ever talk to someone and, and, and you're like talking about a favorite movie that you love and they're like, oh, I've never seen it. And you're like, oh, my God, I am overcome with jealousy that you get to see this for the first time. I wish I could relive that, you know? I thought that my friend Lindsay was re- was watching Stranger Things for the first time a couple weeks ago. And uh, I actually said that very thing to Mike. I said, <laughs> Lindsay's watching Stranger Things and I'm a little jealous that uh, she gets to experience it for the first I time. I know it's yeah. so uh, it's so good. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's my my answer. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. 
Oh, I like this one. If you have your own late night talk show, who would you invite as your first guest and why? Oh, wow. <laughs> Emma Stone. <laughs> no, um, maybe Emma Stone, actually. But let me think of another one, because there's obviously more than just Emma Stone. <laughs> She's not the only actress that I care about. Um, I have an answer if you want you me go to go first. first. Okay. Yeah. Um, probably brian may from queen oh wow mm-hmm. That's i cool. think it would be really cool he's a really interesting guy he's an astrophysicist i think so he's got a like a doctor in astrophysics and he didn't get that until he was like in his 50s so he went back to school and i just think he's like and he worked with freddie mercury like i think it would be a very compelling uh first guest to have on there just to you know be like hey i'm a huge fan but also, like, I just want to, like, just get to know you as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. like, on his Instagram, people will make little um, pictures of him, like, drawings and stuff, and he'll post them. And he'll be like, thank you so much. And then I love, he always answer, or he always ends all of his uh, his Instagram posts, like, the captions with, Bri. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's cool. He has to sign them in case you don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, Tom Hanks. He always goes, Hanks. Just like H A N X. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe there's this, a woman on Saturday Night Live named Chloe Feynman, and I think she's really talented, so maybe I'd have her on. Maybe Ryan Gosling. Mm. Um, maybe I thought of somebody else, but now it's gone. <laughs> I like old SNL alums, so maybe uh, Adam Sandler. That'd be cool. Uh, Tim Meadows, Horatio Sands, AD Bryant. Kate McKinnon. Anybody that was on SNL, I think I would I'd probably love, yeah, be. I'd love Kate like, McKinnon. Like, there's an SNL sketch where Chris Farley is meeting uh, people that, like, he meets, I think there's an, was Jeff Daniel, who was in Arachnophobia? Was that? I don't, I never saw that one. John Goodman, maybe? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to look it up person. just because I want to make sure that I'm. I'm like, sure, totally, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, that's exactly who was in it. Oh, Jeff Daniels wasn't... Okay, I was thinking Jeff Daniels, but I was like, that can't be right. So, it was either Jeff Daniels or John Goodman was on SNL, and Chris Farley was interviewing them for his little show, and he's like, do you remember that time you were on Arachnophobia? And they, they go, yeah, and he goes, oh, it was great. And anyway, long story short is that's how I probably would be with anybody who was on <laughs> SNL. I would be right. like, do you remember that one sketch when you did that one thing? Jimmy Fallon. I like Jimmy Fallon. I think I would like to have him on. Seth Meyers. You know, they have their own shows, so maybe it would be novel to have. Steve Carell. He wasn't like a host. On, or he wasn't like a cast member of SNL, but I would like to have him on. You could talk um, about Foxcatcher. Yeah. Be like, listen, Steve, probably, I gotta ask you a question. When you were wearing that nose in Foxcatcher, could you see over it? Because it kind of looked like you couldn't, and I was really curious about that. I would say, (laughs) if you're in the water and you're doing the backstroke, do people yell shark? (laughs) That's already been done. I know. It's not original. But anyway. It's good, though. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All right, let me see what else. Um, Ooh, what scene in a movie always gives you goosebumps every time you watch it? Mm. I already have my answer. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, a little princess. 
when the dad at the end remembers yeah. and he runs on you Sarah oh my god it it gives me goosebumps just talking it's about it like an amazing and scene. it always makes me cry like yeah. oh, Liam Cun- I, I love Liam Cunningham anyway yeah um, but yeah that scene always like oof. it is it's a great scene I love it and it's like raining I know, and and she. What a beautiful oh. movie! Oh, oh, Little Princess is gorgeous. I have gorgeous. literally have goosebumps oh my gosh, talking you do. about it. I can <laughs> see that. Oh my gosh! I know. Um, I think this. Is, I love Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah. His movies are so like he I has would, a very like just a I don't know like his movies are just so good. I would recommend anybody watch A Little Princess. Yes, uh, starring Liesl Matthews. That version. Mm-hmm. And Liam Cumming- Cunningham, even if you think you won't like it, I think you will appreciate how like beautiful and it is. It's a really great movie. It um, is. It really so, is. So yeah, it's, and Alfon- it's really good. Alfonso Cuarón, and he's fantastic. He did Children of Men. He did the third Harry Potter. <laughs> um, he also he's also done a bunch of stuff. E Two Mama Tom Beyond, which I didn't see that one. Oh yeah. Um, but I did kind of want to because I was really into Gael Garcia Bernal for like a long time. Um, but so what is yours i think when jodie foster first hears the the sound in contact oh yeah i think that that always is like really thrilling and and then she's like racing back to the building and and the sound is like kind of unsettling and i don't know really good you like that one i really like that scene yeah that's a good one i agree um what is the scariest movie you've ever seen oh wow House of a Thousand Corpses, probably. I think mine might be The Descent. Really? Yeah, I think that... I mean, I would have said Hereditary, but then when I watched it the next day or, like, the day after or whatever, remember, because I got really scared by it and I, like, couldn't sleep or something. And then I watched it again and I was like, this isn't that scary. (laughs) You know, I was like, eh. Um, I think The Descent is one of those where I can watch it over and over again and each time I'm still like, oh, this movie just gives me, like... It's just so good at um, using, like, the ambient just environment to create mm-hmm. anxiety and yeah. panic, you know? So the director's fantastic. Um, yeah, so I'd say I'd say that's probably one of them. It is a creepy movie. Yeah, it made really me, good. as we've said multiple times on the podcast, I exclaimed out loud and you laughed at me <laughs> it's because she yelled it was like it wasn't just like a, ah, it was like a, ah! it was so funny and unexpected <laughs> okay do you want to do one more sure okay okay what movie character or yeah i'll just do me it says tv character but what movie character are you most like and why hmm I already have an answer. What's yours? <laughs> I can't believe I'm coming up with these so fast. Um, I Vicky, no, I think it was Christina. Vicky Christina Barcelona. I think she was. It was played by Scarlett Johansson. Oh, her okay. character, yeah, reminded me a lot of myself when I first watched that. Um, I don't. I don't know if I really stick by that, but that was definitely like I remember watching that, and being like, man, I really like identify with this character. Um, yeah, I liked that movie. I did too. Yeah, I re- I remember really liking it. I I own it. I think. Anyway. Oh really? Yeah, I should. I mean, I can look if you it's want. It's Woody Allen, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, but he's he's one of those people where I like his movies unfortunately like i did you ever see scoop it's also yeah, scoop, like scoop. scoop mm-hmm. was funny yeah you know, it was like a dark darkly humor darkly humorous movie um 
but yeah i that was kind of the first one that popped up and i also think yeah. claire from elizabethtown oh, okay i yeah. I, I feel i could see that yeah you're very, you're very outgoing a very outgoing but also i think there's just like a sense of like and you're nurturing i think as well yeah yeah anyway i interrupted you no it's okay I, there's just i think a sense of like maybe she just doesn't really know where she fits in that mm-hmm. Maybe I don't really identify with that now, but I think earlier in my life I may have a lot more. So I think I think it's kind of like more like past me versions, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if I really have one for right now, but those are that's my answer. Those are my answers. Oh, that's good. Those yeah. are good. I like that. Thanks. Hmm. Let me think. Okay. <laughs> I feel like maybe Kate McKinnon's character in The Spy Who Dumped Me. Morgan Freeman. I think that was I, her character. Because there was like I don't know. There was there was an adventurous spirit about her that I like to hope that I have. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I I kind of identified with her too, especially about the parents thing, where she's like, I introduce everyone to my parents because my parents are awesome. I was like, girl, same, because <laughs> I do that too. I'll be like, like uh, I'll be talking about my parents to my friends, and I'm like, you'll probably meet them sometime. We'll we'll make it happen. I'm like, I want you to meet my parents. <laughs> so. You yeah, know. I, yeah, I don't know. I liked, I don't know. She was fun. She was fun. So I love that movie. That was fun. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> so should we talk about the movie? We should talk about. And the should movie. you talk about how we came to review this movie? Sure. And you can say that and maybe give a synopsis. Sure. <laughs> if you don't mind. I I don't mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, we had someone approach us named Alex and and Alex Alex Clegg, and he asked us to review. A movie that he had directed, and it's a little movie. It's on uh, YouTube. It's called Over the Next Horizon. If you want to check it out, and it is about what we assume is a post-apocalyptic world, and this guy is trying to find safety. Is what I would basically say. Yeah, trying to find safety or trying to find his family. Mm-hmm. Like his family's mm-hmm. gone. We don't know what happened to them. We kind of have an idea, but it's it's a little bit up in the air. Uh, so he approached us and he asked us to do this for him to review this for him. So we said yes because we figured why not? Yeah, it's kind of fun. I think it's kind of cool. So yeah. it was neat that he reached out when Lauren sent me a screenshot of the message. I was like, <laughs> don't click on the I link, Lauren. I know I hadn't accepted don't it. Cli- I take I have to take too many phishing tests at work. <laughs> no, like, never I get click it. on a link. Uh, but but yeah. Well, then legit. once I accepted it, <laughs> yeah. it was like, oh, this is an actual it's like legitimate legit. thing. And the channel on YouTube is called Late Night Ninety Nine Cents. It's like Late Night Point Ninety Nine. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's supposed to be Late Night Ninety Nine or Late Night Ninety Nine Cents. But yeah, that's the channel. Uh, if anyone wants to watch it, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so, what do you think of the movie? Well, I have a couple things to say first. Um, I think um, I really admire. And this is I'm making very broad assumptions about Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume that he has a passion for movie making, yes. maybe acting as well. All of that rolled oh, up yes, into a bundle. Oh, yes, because he stars in it as well. I, I say that. really admire that, from what I assume, he has a passion, and I think it's so cool that he's making it happen, because I don't know if this is his day job, if this is how he makes a living, or if he has a day job and this is just, like, a really cool hobby, but I think it's awesome. I'm, like, anybody who has, like, an artistic hobby... Or, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to belittle it by calling it a hobby. I just don't know exactly what it is to him, like how his, how his like work life 
you know, well, I mean, balances I would consider out. This but, is a hobby, but we yeah, well, we obviously uh, yeah. take it very seriously. So you know? I think I think it's really cool that um, he puts out these movies because that channel has other movies on it, and I think it's really cool. And I think that there were some really beautiful shots in this movie. I agree. I think maybe probably drone footage, but there's also just like really pretty shots, just with like. A, probably a camera on the ground oh, I yeah, guess you'd yeah, say yeah. like there's shots of like lens flare and just beautiful colors and it was just a gorgeous it was movie beautiful. aesthetically and, pleasing yeah. very aesthetically and, pleasing um, I think it's a quiet and thoughtful movie which is interesting and I think well done because he didn't fill it it wasn't filled with exposition and talking and yeah. talking and things um, that being said I wish that there was a little bit more information given and the third act really uh started a storm in me because i (laughs) i need help and i feel like maybe i i missed something so that is but and there's other little things that i'll say here and there but overall i mean this is my thing is the movie had me until the third act and then it sort of lost me that's kind of so how i, I want to talk it out but what but so it's not a bad movie and i think it's a really cool that it's on youtube for everyone to watch and i can't imagine the undertaking of making a movie like this and some of the shots like the drone shots seem i assume oh, the yeah. drone shots seem so high up and they like just like the the uh, depth of field in some of them was just really really beautiful yeah um, I think Alex, I guess I'll direct you a little bit, um, you know, address you directly. Uh, I think that your score is gorgeous and aste- again, aesthetically pleasing. Um, but I was really actually very impressed with the music. Me too. Um, I agree. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was. Uh, very like it sounded incredibly professionally well done. It was that I mean the movie was really like just high quality, you know, and um, and first of all, awesome that you made this film. It's a really cool that you reached out to us. I really love that. That made me feel really cool. Um, and it's it's really it's it's neat to be able to review a film that is just a little film you know like no yeah. you know it's not a big blockbuster we're actually like talking to the director so that's pretty cool i think that's pretty cool yeah. as well yeah. yeah so i mean that's kind of novel for us you know usually most of the films we do are big blockbuster where we're there's no way that we're ever going to be like hey channing tatum you want to be yeah. <laughs> like on our <laughs> you know on our uh our, our little podcast our podcast um yeah and, i think it's like know, in our so. australia too mm-hmm. so it's like this might make me sound old but i think it's cool that the world is so small nowadays i know you know i know uh so i'm curious so i have a couple notes here but i'm curious as to what you're thinking so one of my biggest pet peeves about the movie um and i'll just start out with this because i noticed this right away now i'm not an avid gun person I don't have much exposure to guns myself. Same. So I, you know, maybe the crew, maybe the cast, maybe they maybe they're very um knowledgeable about guns and they use guns a lot, but the guns felt very proppy to me and that really bothered me. Like they did they looked like they didn't have weight to them almost, like they were sort of thrown around yeah, the, and like, carried rifle around was like yeah huge. and there was one moment specifically that really bothered me and it was so they were coming up to that little encampment in the woods and the guy gave 
one of the guys a, like a manly hug with the gun and i thought i don't think you would do that with a gun you would do right. it with your, you'd put the gun in your one hand and do like a manly hug with your uh, your free hand you right hug him with a loaded gun you know so i thought the gun handling seemed and this is coming from me so maybe the filmmakers were much more better suit like they know guns much better than i do but it seemed like the guns were props and i think that there were things done with them that i don't know if you would do with a a real loaded gun that had heavy weight to it Mm -hmm. and um so that that really that scene i actually had to rewind it to make sure that i was like saw it correctly because i didn't want to rant about it uh, (laughs) without having so i watched it again and i just don't think you would do that and that really um sort of set me on this path of like noticing the guns a lot and i think it's cool like i think the the guns were a cool addition because you know that's like real present danger you know oh, yeah, <laughs> like, like sure, somebody yeah. has a gun and then there was another guy with like a cricket bat and i think that that's maybe a neat homage homage to Shaun of the dead and that's really cool but i was thinking if there's guns what's a cricket bat gonna do you know <laughs> yeah i know like so oh it's like uh did you did you ever see i think it was it was either the first or the second indiana jones where there's like a guy who's like wielding all these swords and Indi- indiana's just like no and he like pulls out a gun <laughs> yeah. and shoots the guy um that just it's kind of like that where it's like oh what are you gonna do with that cricket bat from 20 yards away when i have this fucking gun you know like i'm so scared you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and i feel like the man at the end had a silencer on his pistol was mm-hmm. i and i thought I that, that so was too interesting um but i don't know i i i felt that the ne- the guns needed to have a little bit more weight okay. was the thing i really liked all the smoking i think movies should have smoking more often because as i've said before smoking looks really cool and i liked it and i think people are becoming sort of lame and you know like i know in regards i love to smoking, smoking in movies, in movies too and it's so like- i really i really <laughs> liked that there was not just like one smoking scene but multiple smoking scenes and i thought that that was a nice touch <laughs> for the character as well right um because nothing goes better with the apocalypse and like smokes you right, know right so, right so yeah, i like well, that like it's it's uh it's like smoking in movies i think is equivalent to animated food for me you know what i mean yeah like every time i see it i'm like oh yeah <laughs> that's a step you know? <laughs> i'm like i i want to eat that animated food i know it's not real and i really want to smoke that cigarette <laughs> so um for me i i get what you mean it does look cool yeah it looks really cool like i'm i'm like damn like whenever ava green smokes in anything i'm like i fall in love with her at least 10 times over again <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, she's so hot. <laughs> there was something else I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of other things to say, but um, there was a scene with the baby, and I thought the baby was actually a really good actor because um, there was a scene where he pulled off uh, the main guy's sunglasses. What is? Hang on, I'm gonna start over again. Was it Jack? What's his name? Jack. Yeah. Okay. So the baby, Liam, who's Jack's son, <laughs> like, there's a scene where he's playing with him and he pulls off Jack's sunglasses and Jack's like, get those back. Wordlessly, there's not a lot of dialogue. He gets the sunglasses, puts them back on his head, and the baby reaches for them again. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been in that exact situation 
so many times before where the baby's like, I know this probably makes you mad, and it's probably the thing that I shouldn't be touching the most. And anyway, I thought but that, that I was... But I want to touch it because you did not Really me. great capture. It had to be... or I mean, it's obviously organic because the baby was like probably under one years old, right. but I thought it was like really... I mean, you were... It was just really lucky to get that moment because right. it was... Plus, he's having these like this existential crisis about like these flashbacks where he's having this crisis about having this child and not mm-hmm. feeling anything and like you know trying to get out of this i guess depression almost you know yeah and so the baby does something annoying and i thought that that was really well put it was it was a very well thought out and well put scene for what was happening in the flashbacks and i think so too how babies actually are <laughs> babies <laughs> Oh, they see something shiny and they want it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I didn't really love the past having the square screen or the um, full screen versus widescreen. I thought that that, like, I wish that it had maybe just been, like, duller in color. But to me, when I, I saw it being, like, I saw it being full screen, it just annoyed me because it was like watching a 90s movie i guess i didn't maybe i didn't even notice that oh really yeah Yeah, i noticed every single time there was in the past it was like a there was like the black bars on either side oh Mm -hmm. i can't believe you didn't notice that i was watching it full screen on youtube on my computer is that no no it was it was no it should have been in there are you going to watch a little bit of it now? It's like in the beginning. Oh, wow. okay. You know what? I think I did notice it, but I didn't equate it with the past or that's whatever. Interesting. So it didn't annoy me because I didn't even notice it. But that's an interesting. Yeah, you know, it annoyed me a little bit. It took me out a little bit because it was like I just got so I'm not like so focused, but I was like, oh, there are those black bars again, you know, and I almost felt like I wasn't watching a recent movie immediately you know what i mean and so i i was kind of like wait is this movie new or you know what i mean Um, i guess the thing is i always knew when it was the past because the present was like always in the forest right and he was he was looked different so they really i guess there really didn't need to be a signifier that's why i didn't yeah i didn't think so either either like if you're gonna do something like that and this makes me immediately think of Edward Zwick, but you should not take examples from Edward Zwick because he's not that great. But he directed Fall, Legends of Fall and uh, Last Samurai. But when he did the past, he would show like this weird slow motion-y, like sepia, sepia, whatever, I'm not sure how you pronounce that word, uh, kind of look. Now, I think with this, I would have got, I would have never used those black bars. That that bothered me that irritated me um what i would have done is either just left it as is or with it all being widescreen because you know as you Mm -hmm. said you know or just like slightly muted the colors so you know that it's the past you know i did feel like the colors were slightly different like a lot of them or a few of the moments the past moments were kind of like blue sheened a little bit yeah a little bit yeah and then obviously there was some in the apartment that were more like golden but i i never didn't know that it was a flashback so right yeah yeah that's why i don't think that the black bars were necessary Mm -hmm. because i think that the director already did a good job of showing what was the past and what wasn't and it was pretty obvious too uh 
so I just I just didn't feel like that was a necessary thing. And to me, again, it kind of just took me out of it. You know, hmm. yeah. um, it, it irritated me enough where I was like, oh, stop doing those black bars, damn it. Like it. And I noticed it every single time and every single time it irritated me. And I started getting more irritated. Oh, geez. Did it. Yeah, it was it wasn't like I was like so super irritated. It was just where I was just like, no, mm-mm, I don't I don't like that. Don't like that. Um Obviously, that's each, each their own. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't you know, even notice it, my, my opinion, that's what I was. I would say, um, I did like that. I did actually think that there. While I thought that the music score was really beautiful, there were a couple scenes where I felt like it wasn't necessary. And that was there's two in particular I'm gonna give examples of um, the missing kids in the woods that didn't feel necessary to have that that could have been used ambient noise, and where they're at the fire and they're drinking and stuff and having a good time. Oh yeah. To me, like I didn't I didn't think that you needed music in there because it's already a situation where they're like we don't know what's happening to these children we don't know where they are, um, and so you don't need like the added you you don't need the added extra unless it's like because they're found almost immediately now if it was a scene where one of them ends up dead or something like that something terrible happens you know maybe but i felt like it just in those particular instances that the the it wasn't necessary to have that background music because i think ambient noise would have been perfect for i that. agree yeah yeah uh, ambient noise there was a there was also a moment when they were looking for the kids where a man and a woman sort of embraced and the embrace was really sort of lackluster and i wanted a little bit more passion because i assumed maybe incorrectly that the kids were like one of the kids at least right like were there kids maybe yeah that's what i said what you're talking about like the older woman who kind of like well she's she's blonde and she was blonde and she oh yeah 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 embraced him and when i was watching it i was like are they gonna kiss while they're (laughs) looking for missing children but then they just embrace but he embraced her so half-heartedly i was like give her a squeeze come on i assumed that they were the parents of the kids yeah, for that's some what reason I assumed. Yeah. yeah well i think the one of the, the older little girl must have had her father must have been the one who was like don't ever do that again yeah yeah but maybe the younger kid i don't know i don't know yeah i but that you, they were found really fast i don't know how necessary that scene was i don't like it didn't feel like there was really any big reason for it to be there you know yeah i'm not sure um because i think also an issue i had with the movie is i was never quite sure what was happening and i think i think there's definitely a fine line and they aired on the right side where they didn't give too much information and spell it out too much but i would have liked a little bit more like yeah i think if you're if you're gonna do it one way or the other then and and not give as much information you know and not give enough or let me rephrase that if you're gonna float one way or the other they did it right Mm -hmm. by being less informative but just for my own enjoyment of the movie and understanding what was going on i had a really hard time because everybody like in the flashbacks with his wife or girlfriend or you know whoever she baby mama whatever the relationship was Mm -hmm. they seem totally calm about the end of the world she's talking on the phone she's like everything's gone to hell now anyway and i'm like what's going on what's going on i know i'm like what is Is this like what is what is causing this apocalyptic apocalyptic situation right why are people shooting at each other on site it's it's like it's like every man for himself and there's no reason given and i needed to see a little bit more just enough 
you know you don't have to spell it out for me but i just wanted to know a why is it so bad that these kids are missing Mm -hmm. b why are you all camping in the woods c why is there a massacre the next day yeah you know things like that and because they made they made a point of showing that there was somebody guarding the campsite when they came in and then they just let all their guard down because they found a case of beer and i was and these are all adults like these are all adult men and women besides the two kids so i don't know if beer just a case of beer would make them so uh i don't think unaware of what's going on around them you know i guess you could suggest that well they don't have much to eat so you know so so just a little bit more in by way of some sort of explanation some sort of creative explanation where i understand the stakes a little bit more i think yeah yeah i think like a great example of a movie that does that really well is 28 days later and then a a poor example or a movie a great example of a movie that does that poorly is the midnight sky so yeah i'm just saying those are two good examples of what to do (laughs) and what not to do um it's i agree with you i totally agree with you that i was like what what is happening and then at the end you get the voice you listen the voicemail Mm -hmm. and she's like flipping out and crying like why are you i need you to answer your phone um and you assume that maybe his phone's just been dead this whole time and he's that's why he's been trying to find a charger or whatever that's one of the other problems i had with the ending is that it showed him like freaking out at their house because she didn't read his note and he like punched the fridge multiple times right and then his phone was ringing while he was in the bathroom crying and so that's when i thought she left the voicemail oh but i was thinking did he never check his phone again but the thing i don't something that i didn't understand was there was apparently some peril happening in the world building up to this right and she just kept leaving the house with the baby yeah and i was thinking why would you ever do that because she's she's calling him on the voicemail she was saying they're looting things are you know everything's crazy they're looting please come to my sisters and i was thinking were you just out doing like sunday shopping by yourself you know and yeah like if you feel like you're in that much danger <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't be out this but like it's one thing to go by yourself because you can get away easily but you can't with an infant you know and if you have to hide your infant could cry and give away where you're located yeah. you know so it's like uh, it's like to me yeah i just i didn't know if it was a virus i i didn't know what was going on like was it world war three and and that that bothered me enough where i'm i was like but what's happening yeah you know? well in that, that man that we meet at the end in the third act mm-hmm. he was gonna go in a tunnel and you see like a shadowed figure in the tunnel so that i was thinking is this supposed to be zombies but that's never because zombies don't shoot so i don't know why there would be like why would guns be the danger if it was zombies i'm not saying it was zombies right you know so there's this there's a lot of unknowns that um i just wanted filled in i just needed a little bit more shading i guess it doesn't need to be fully colored in i just need a little bit more shading to just know and um i i wasn't sure why if the world was going to hell why his i'm just gonna say his wife i don't know why his wife was venturing out 
right. alone and when she came home in that one flashback and he was passed out and she was like you have to lock the door that scene confused me as well because she was on the phone but she was talking to him right so i was thinking who are you talking to right now like are you I talking it was like her sister or i something, guess but, but then she's you like don't know she's talking so casually but he's clearly passed out and she was like you have to lock the door especially with what's going on and i was like what's well, going on was like talk she was like talking about him while he was like in the other room yeah and, and i was like wait a I thought like that maybe that, if you're having issues with your husband, you shouldn't do it in a passive aggressive way by like talking to a, another person. You should talk to your husband. Well, you know? I actually liked that because I thought that it actually explained a lot to me in a mm-hmm. way that made sense. Because if if she sees him passed out, she's probably pissed because he's probably drunk again and passed out. And so she's already talking to, let's say, her sister. And and she's like, yeah, you know, he's so caring and gentle. And I'm just really sad because Liam, who's the baby, their son, isn't going to get to see him that way. Because you presume that she thinks everyone's going to die because the world is ending. Right. And it's so casually said. But I do like that we get to f- we get to hear some of her emotions in that scene because a lot most of the movie is just his emotions like mm-hmm. him talking on a, on the phone to like a psychiatrist or something and talking about how he feels empty and numb and so we see we hear his side and and you think to yourself like that you know does his partner know that he's feeling this way does he fake it and but she obviously there's like a rift growing between them so i like that we get to hear her yeah say I, that I agree about him. i agree because i think that's the sort of exposition that I'm looking for about what is actually happening in the world. Because I know there's like, a, it's it's such an overused trope, and it's like the news story trope. But the news story trope works, you know. Wait, news story. You know, like when there's a TV on in a room that's like, and the oh, looting news. is still happening. <laughs> news, yeah. I thought you said new story. News. That's why I was like, like what? Like an yeah, anchor man or right. anchor woman. And I'm not saying it's that like that should a, be. What was it? Um, that Denzel Washington, Gene Hackman movie. What was that? What was that oh, one? Oh, Crimson Tide? Yeah, Crimson Tide. Yeah. Where, like, they're at the party and then they're, well, they see the news we've story. T- we've talked yeah. about it that it was, like, conveniently on at that time. Mm-hmm. But that is a, I think that's a good example of sh- telling us what is happening in the world without yeah. having, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, that this movie should have it. I'm not suggesting that it should be widely used. I'm just saying the reason it's a trope is because it, it actually it works. works. Yeah. So if you could find a creative way to do that sort of thing obviously you don't have to use a news story but if if a filmmaker could find a creative way to get that same sort of point across in a different manner just just so the viewer can sort of settle in a little bit yeah you know and there's also like news stories sort of spell it out so you don't necessarily have to spell it out 100 percent, but just a little bit more um i think would go a long ways i agree i totally agree i i think that um, there was a significant amount of information missing that the audience definitely needed. And, um, I, you know, I, I think it, it could be, it could be a movie that if it was from, if it, if what was happening in the world wasn't like zombies or a virus, like what's going on in our world right now or, or whatever. Um, but rather it was just like people, you know, because people are terrifying. (laughs) They're really, really, really fucking scary and they can really hurt each other. And, and, but we just never know 
So I, I'm I'm like, is this like a rioting in the streets because the government has fallen to the communists? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, like, or something like that. Or is it because there's a zombie apocalypse? And and I assume not a zombie apocalypse because we never see anything like that. And I would I would think that if it was a zombie or virus or whatever, that we would at least like see some like something like that. But it. it a what? good example, a good example of getting information across without using like the news broadcast is cargo when they have those uh. kits. The movie oh, cargo, yeah, yeah, they yeah, have yeah, those yeah, like yeah, virus yeah, kits yeah. or whatever that it, that you know, was really clever. And that was I really that clever because it gets a lot of information across, but in a very like it's it's mm-hmm. almost like like adjacent to like. Uh, subliminal messaging you know like yeah. it's very subtextual and it's yeah it's pretty interesting so i think something well, and like, I that. like that too because they kind of they show you like okay so this is what's going to happen and then this is going to happen this is the third yeah. stage this is the last yes, stage exactly yeah. but yeah. we don't uh, you know and we learn it just almost like organically as the movie is right. going right so um i agree that is it that that was a, an excellent way of, of sharing and I that information yeah and we don't know if this movie is about zombies or what but right just something like that i think would have been awesome I, I totally agree yeah the world's going to shit but we need to know why it's going to shit yeah because mm-hmm. and we need to we know no why idea. why the people in it are just like going to the store and stuff, yeah you know and well, taking their babies with them yeah i i uh there was one thing that i wrote down and it's not the biggest deal in the world but it did kind of irritate me but i felt that like everyone at that uh the campsite was just a little too clean like there was that one guy that Mm -hmm. had greasy hair and i was like okay yeah he's got greasy hair but there was no dirt on their clothes i was like sure they have a stream that we find out later that he was washing at but your clothes are not going to be that clean if you're washing them on a stream and right. you have to like hang them up on branches. And you're not going to clean in the stream every day. No, no, definitely not. Yeah. That would probably be more like a twice a week thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, because you just don't, like, that's just not a priority anymore, you know? Um, yeah, that, I just, I thought everyone was a little too clean except for that guy that had like the greasy hair and I was like, okay, yes, but why is everyone out? Like that one blonde lady, I mean, her hair looked like it was freshly washed. Yeah. You know, like it was nice and like clean and I was like, I'm like, even my hair's not that clean. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, oh I think you raise a good point is like, I, I wasn't sure about the timeline either. Right. How long, wh- how many, like how long after the quote-unquote initial apocalypse is it now taking place yeah yeah so that's also another thing that i wasn't sure about i also yeah i sorry i'm trying to i'm i also wondered why why this why were they meeting there were they because my thought my assumption i guess was that this was a meeting place and then they were going to move on to somewhere else that was a little bit more secure because you're not secure there you know you're you're (laughs) like there is a millimeter of fabric between you and the outside world if someone wants to kill you that's not going to stop them well you know as we've seen as we saw saw, yeah i wish that um they would have gone like full I, I wanted the stakes to be a little bit higher the next day when he woke up and saw the massacre, but it, we only got two dead bodies, and I was mm-hmm. like, where is everybody else? Did, are, did they yeah. run away? So I would have liked 
there to be just like carnage like you don't have to show them up close just right. do like a quick pan and we see carnage i agree and yeah, I, I didn't think there was enough dead bodies there yeah because i was confused because i thought like oh a couple of them died but everybody like else is escaped, okay and i kept right? thinking for a while i was like oh he's gonna run into the rest but then he didn't and i was thinking what what happened right so that's like that's weird to me and also if that is the case why wouldn't they come back for him you know what i mean yeah if they like they all fled why wouldn't they be like oh no we still have jack that we have to go get you know Mm -hmm. um because it's not like there was that many of them it wouldn't have been difficult to keep track yeah um it's not like there's like 100 and they're like oh what uh mallory whatever you know like there's like 13 mallory's for some reason i don't know why mallory is (laughs) what's this you know like because there's a lot of people that have the same name. You know, like you mean other, other people that have the same name, Samantha. Oh. I mean, other people, have, you know, so they're like Mallory, whatever. Oh. I don't know. It was, I don't know why Mallory. <laughs> I thought I missed something in the movie. I was no, like, no, what was, are you talking about? I was just saying, like, if you had 100 people, there's a bunch of people named Mallory for some reason. And you're like, you have to go back to get I'm Mallory. I'm trying to think whatever. how many Mallory's I've met in my life. I've never and- met a Mallory in my life. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> there's. There's TV shows I watched that have characters named Mallory. There's one in Grace and Frankie, and there's one in Archer, but that's, I think those are all the... <laughs> Why are you giving me that look? She's going to be like that, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I know what you're saying, um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I think that because the movie, the movie, it was kind of fighting an uphill battle in getting more information across because it's such a quiet and thoughtful movie mm-hmm. that you definitely don't want to fill it too much because I think it worked because the second act was titled The Silence. Right, you know, so right. you, you obviously don't want to fill it, but y- there's little things that I think would need to be done just to do a little bit more, like explain where the people went, explain how maybe... I do I do also enjoy that it kind of feels like you're joining the story already in progress and I think that yeah. that's neat because it's like a short story you know like right. a lot of short stories are kind of like you're joining the story already in progress and and I think that that's well, the really cool are established yeah yeah and yeah. I think that's really cool so I think I did get that feeling when I was watching this movie and I, and I liked that um, so just small little tweaks would have gotten you know a li- just a, it would have gotten the point across just a little bit more about like maybe where did they all go yeah. are they all dead or is it every man for himself and he just started hanging out with them two days ago and this is how the world is now where you meet someone in two days like you know it's kind of like a war zone you know like i'm wondering you meet someone in the morning like in the movie fear i don't know if you saw the movie fury with brad pitt uh no there's no. some interesting I tend, stuff i don't in it. i stay away from war movies just because they're a lot you know there's interesting <laughs> stuff in it and that oh, i did want to see it because logan lerman was in it they meet a character in the morning and then he dies like that same day and i think maybe probably being in a war is like that you know yeah and yeah. so i think maybe maybe this environment that jack is now in is maybe like that as well and they could have been just um, maybe showed that a little bit just a little bit more about this grouping of people and how you know they came to be and if it's fleeting or if they've been together for a while because he didn't he didn't get emotional over right everything like he seems sort of numb which makes sense you know like obviously he was I, he's very struggling shocked, with yeah. numbness in his like normal life right but i i just um i just wanted to know a little bit more i guess yeah of the story of these this little um commune or whatever camp 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm now that I'm thinking about it, it seems like most of the people that died were men. So I'm wondering if the women were taken in as like slaves. I don't know because human trafficking or I don't know. That's kind of like a really major assumption. I mean, it happened in uh, 28 days later. I'm just saying. I, well, <laughs> just saying. I don't know because it is not something else. Something else that left a question mark was that there was a gun left at the mm-hmm. camp, and if it was raided or something, they wouldn't have left the gun there. You right, know, right. So that was another thing where I was like, "Is this just like killing for the sake of killing to eliminate people?" Because if it's a raid, there would they wouldn't leave a weapon there for him to get, or his backpack right. wouldn't be there. Still, you know what I mean? Right, right. So I don't know. Yeah, I. Again, we needed more information. You know, um, I wanted to talk about the third act. With me it. too. Yeah. So um, first of all, so Jack was shot in the chest, and it seemed like there was a lot of blood. Yeah, I thought he was maybe shot in the heart. I it was expecting like him it. to die. Like I, I mean, was if he wasn't expecting. shot in the heart, he was definitely shot through a lung or something. But he was able to walk around and everything, and he, he was crawled. like, it, "Well, I mean, at the end, though, you but see him know. like I don't know what that was." So yeah, that I thought was very strange and not, not necessary. Like I wasn't sure if this is supposed to be like an allegorical quest, right? Where he's just doomed to keep trying phone cords and listening to this message over and over again. Yeah. Or if he somehow didn't die, but that... Sorry, I interrupted you, but everything for me sort of fell apart and I yeah felt kind of stupid. And I... <laughs> And I was just not catching on what I was supposed to catch on to, maybe. Yeah, I kind of felt like that, too. Um, And I thought it was strange. So I guess we're kind of, we're in the second act still. But I thought it was also strange that he was staying in a, a... a house like it was i mean a yeah, abandoned like a house barn or something yeah but it's like okay so that's shelter shelter over your head shelter is pretty fucking necessary um anyone knows that who's lived through um what i'm assuming are terrible harsh uh australian summers <laughs> and i don't know how what their winters are like but the winters here are not fun and you cannot live on the streets without shelter you will die like there's no doubt like you will definitely die um so to me he heard those dogs barking and then he just got up and left coyotes i thought that was weird too because i I thought why would he get up and leave because of coyotes yeah i'm like you're gonna be in a way or hyenas i don't know maybe they're hyenas because obviously in in michigan we don't have like uh exotic wildlife so maybe we have have coyotes maybe in the outback they're hyenas or something i don't know i've I've seen i've seen coyotes also i don't know uh, if that's even the out well we have coyotes i know but i don't know what the animal actually was right right or if it was the outback maybe that's making (laughs) an assumption about australia but well it could have been i guess it could have been maybe a person with dogs or a group of people with dogs but to me it's that seems like you're risking your life to go outside where you can get torn apart by dogs well i don't know <laughs> if they would tear them apart i mean i don't right, but he they could attack I mean, if they're starving they'll eat anything yeah you know but then i don't know if the animals were affected like it would right. wild animals be affected by whatever's going on i mean mother nature to some extent would just be going on business as usual you know right so yeah i was like is it like a drought is it lack of like i mean australia is so australia is pretty isolated as far as from the rest of the world you know 
Um, I don't know. It's pretty giant, though. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, it's n- like if this is a virus, it's not spreading across sure. different okay. continents. It's, yeah. it's, you know, again, it's I know contained. I, all right, I know I keep going back to um, um, 28 Days Later, but 28 Days Later was the same thing where it was England, so it was, it was an island. Yeah, yeah so it's contained. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering is like Australia going through this massive sort of um, drought or are they dealing with um, famine? Um, you know, but again, that's maybe where a big asteroid is headed toward the earth. We yeah, don't know. We don't know. And yeah. that's, that's just where we need more information. Um, but I just thought it was strange that he got shot and then nothing really came of it. You know, that's, what really bothered me so he i don't understand i I, i'm gonna spell out my thoughts so he gets shot in the chest and he there's a lot of blood he's also in the middle of nowhere it's Mm -hmm. dirty he's not you don't come back from a gunshot like that no you just don't it was a lot i mean somebody would have to find you and take you to a working properly stocked and like clean hospital for any for you to survive and then you even do so the whole movie is like this quest for a phone cord, like a a, a charging cable. Mm-hmm. And his cell phone was like such a terrible condition. Like the screen's so cracked. I almost took so a picture broken. of it. I almost took a picture of it because I thought it was so comedic in a good way. I'm not trying to make fun of it. I just I like how it's right. like there's like scotch tape at the bottom, like holding it together. And there's this SNL sketch with Casey Affleck where he's he's at Dunkin' Donuts and he holds up his phone for like a um like a to use a coupon at dunkin donuts and his phone it looks just like that it's really <laughs> funny but anyway so his phone has seen better days but yeah, he's time. presumably like the whole movie this is also something i liked is that there's this mystery involved where you're thinking okay so he's trying to find a charging cable that fits his phone is it so he can call his family or is it what or so they can call him or something like why does he need this cable because also in my head i was like there can't be electricity and they addressed that at the end which i thought was really cool with the chart like the battery pack you know Mm -hmm. but so his quest was for this cable so he he gets shot and he and i think you get the impression that he is sort of blacked out and then he comes to and he's crawling across this path and he sees his backpack and his belongings all strewn out and he sort of opens the the backpack to see if the cables and the phone are still there and his backpack has a very clear logo, and I think it said, like, Katmandu, mm-hmm, and it was yeah. a brown or olive greenish backpack. And then, in the very next scene, we meet a totally new man, no yep. idea who he is. And I, I thought I thought maybe he had been in part of this, the movie, and I just, like, didn't realize it, but no, I think, I think you're right, a he's new just guy. a random dude, yeah. And he has the, a backpack with the same branding on it, but I looked at the backpack multiple times and it was a black backpack it wasn't the same so i was like is he the one who killed jack or not because his backpack has the same brand on it but it looks like it's a different color and then you see him later come upon this abandoned house and he walks in and sees jack and jack has long hair as if he's been in the wilderness for a long time and his same backpack and i was so confused because I guess if you, like, I can suspend disbelief enough where, well, I don't know if this would be enough, but if you would have showed me Jack with his backpack with a bullet hole in it or with something bloodstained to let me know that this is Jack down the timeline and not 
who is this person? Because I thought, am I supposed to think that this man at one time let Jack live, but then later killed him? Or is this like a purgatory situation? Is this not really happening? It's obviously two different backpacks, so I have no idea who this new man is. I don't know how Jack survived. I have no idea what's going on. I know. And I felt like I had a really good handle on the story. I knew what was going on. I liked knowing his past emotional struggles. I liked liked knowing too. And I just the getting shot thing just totally blew that out of the water and I I'm still so confused. I am too. I'm confused as to why he got shot. What was the reason why he got shot? Well, I mean everybody shooting everyone that's true that's true but and that guy just like blank like shot somebody else point blank in the woods you know that's true but everything is there for a reason you know so there's really no reason that he got shot it's not like something it's not like it was a butterfly effect or snowball effect where this instance of him getting shot also affected other things it just didn't seem to have any like that was it that was just kind of like a little bottle scene and then that was over. And you never see, like, any scar in his chest. And he's wearing a shirt where if he got shot in the chest, you would see yeah. a scar. So I don't know, you know what that scene was. Yeah. And then there's, like, just some random guy walking around and we're supposed to, what, know him? I don't Care know. about him? Yeah. I don't what know. Do you, like, what, do you, what, how am I supposed to be feeling? And that is what I felt was necessary was that I was given something, but I'm like, okay. And what do you want me to feel about this? What do you want me to do with this? Like, it, and so um, I, I didn't think that the third, the third act, whatever, that dude, like, he, all he did was steal his shit. But it didn't, again, seem to have any real effect on anything else in the story. So what was the point of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, how did, how did you feel about that? Well, I just, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't like it. And I think because I, I I tend to bulk at things that are too creative to explain. Because mm-hmm. I think there was some creative liberties taking at, taken at the end of this movie. And that is maybe one of my grievances about movies in general when it's like just like doing things for the sake of doing things holy motors yeah i was thinking of holy (laughs) motors because i I think holy motors is is a good example of just like doing things yeah that movie just exists and that's it i think it made me more angry in this movie because the first and second act were very clear right and i thought as far as like present day flashback i thought that was laid out so well because it gave us character development. It gave us a nice glimpse into the world before, and it was perfectly timed where there'd be a flashback, and then there'd be mm-hmm. now this is what's happening, and then a flashback, and I was on board. I knew the story. I understood what was going on, basically. Obviously, we've talked about things that we didn't quite know what was going on, but there was enough in the movie to get me over the bridge enough where I was like, I'm not totally lost, you know? Yeah, I would yeah, like totally. to know more, but I'm not lost. And then I got totally lost and i i think i've talked about this movie before and i think it's called true believer with ryan gosling where at the end he plays a neo-nazi well he's like he plays a uh his character is like a jewish man but he became a neo-nazi 
and then i think you're supposed to assume at the end that he dies and he's just like constantly running up this staircase and this kid i think it's a man or a kid it's been so long since i've seen it but they come out onto the staircase and ask him a question and he answers it and then he goes up the staircase and the person comes out and answers it and it's sort of like this allegory at the end Very of the movie and so that is what i was wondering about this movie because i was i was thinking this is this not real is right. he dead and this is just his like his hell. his quest and his yeah he just like he gets no peace because i think obviously i didn't make the movie but in samantha's version maybe don't have him get shot in the heart but everything yeah. else could still be the same like everything could be every single thing in the movie could be the same just cut out the scene where he gets shot in the heart and you could even like start yeah. out the last well, scene I think the, third, the, guy, the guy in the third act could have been cut out too. well I, didn't really. I think he worked if if jack had never been killed i think the guy worked because he didn't kill jack at the very end right so i like that we sort of all of a sudden see this guy walking through the woods and we're like now who's this guy mm-hmm. and then we see him like without mercy kill another guy very close that's very true yeah and then he comes upon jack and at that moment if jack hadn't already died before you'd be like oh shit jack's gonna get it and he just found a battery pack so he can get his phone going like this is this is harrowing right. you know? know and then yeah. he, and then he spares jack's life he just takes the suitcase and leaves and you're like oh good and then jack gets to listen to the, the message movie's done interesting but the wrench in the works is jack getting shot in the heart yes. or the chest yeah. and that just puts sort of like a spoil yeah. on everything for me well no i totally agree and there was like it wasn't like he got shot and there wasn't a lot of blood it was like so much blood and so much right away and what a danger like it's it wasn't like he got shot in like the hand right you know he got shot in the chest right i and not it wasn't like it didn't look like a shoulder wound it looked no it looked like it was yeah it looked like yeah i i i I totally agree um i i was reading a story this just reminds me of something i was reading the story about this guy who was at shooting practice and he thought that his gun wasn't shooting the target so he points it at his hand oh my gosh and guess what happened wait what is this it was just a random story i found online it was like reddit or something (laughs) i don't know if i trust it i are people that stupid i think they are maybe i really think they are (laughs) i've met listen i've had a experience that led me to believe that there are a lot of really stupid people out there and i'm going to tell you what it is (laughs) right now so uh, this was a my one of my old jobs and I was sitting at lunch and I was talking to this woman and I was telling her about this exciting new uh, scientific discovery that they made about King Tut and that they said that he had uh, feminine hips and he had a club foot. And this was because he was a product of, of incest. And like we all know, like from, uh, you know, King Charles II of Spain, that that doesn't that shit don't work. <laughs> so maybe don't, you know, sleep with your family members. Um, and. I told her this, and she goes, well, how do you know? Were you alive 3,000 years ago? I'm like, um, (laughs) I know because of science. (laughs) I was just like, at that moment, I was like, I could feel my face. felt like she had to stick up for King Tut, apparently. (laughs) Well, and it's like, that's your argument? Like, you... (laughs) I don't know. And it was at that moment where uh, I... uh, uh, my my faith in intelligent <laughs> human beings was lost. I was like, okay, you're stupid. Got it. 
And you didn't have to be that obvious about it, but now that you said it loud and clear, I see. <laughs> you're just a dumbass. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yes, I think that there are that stupid of people hmm. out there. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, the, I did want to... And you, I mean, you obviously can't answer the question, but I was just so curious as to what the letter said. Oh, I'm glad you brought up the letters. Um, I really thought it was clever because the first scene, the first flashback scene we see, there's a letter for him on the fridge. And I think, oh, crap, his wife left him. But then it must have been a really nice letter because he puts a letter up that's like, thanks, dork. And I thought that was really (laughs) clever because I was like, geez, you totally missed. uh, That was total misdirection. And I really liked it. I I liked that she didn't leave him, even though I'm just meeting this character. I never want to see like a breakup. Um, So I liked that it probably was like a really nice lovey-dovey letter maybe yeah and then he wrote back dork which i think just really shows their playful relationship right, and, and i thought that cute. was really cute <laughs> right. and, and also like a very good way to like convey these two characters and then yeah and then he starts writing this letter after you find out that he's sort of been feeling numb and and um and you, yeah and and then he gets pissed because he thinks she didn't read it but then in the voicemail she's like i didn't get to see your letter or read your letter but they're alluding and everything is crazy and i was like don't you feel like an ass for breaking the magnet because you didn't think she read your letter <laughs> yeah, yeah i do want to know i do want to know letter. yeah i had a feeling it wasn't good that it was maybe him leaving or something um but i was curious as to what you thought I don't know. I thought it was a little bit more positive, but like sort of negative. Like, I think he maybe came clean about how he wasn't over the moon with tremendous joy that they had the baby and he feels in like inadequate and numb and not happy. And uh, and I think I don't think it was him leaving, but I do think that it was opening the door to like, we've got serious problems we have to work on. Yeah, I to me one of the saddest things in the world is someone who has a baby and does not want the baby you know it's like it it's just they're a baby they can't help themselves they you know it's just it to me it's like so heartbreaking and i think that he had i i think that there might be like a male version of postpartum depression i think for women and men there probably is postpartum depression and it just um is slightly different like women have just defied death to bring this being into the world well they've got a ton of hormones happening yeah and and then men like their your whole life has changed your whole world is different and and so i it it can't be easy it's it's got to be so difficult yeah well and like a mom so a mother is you know i mean this child is growing inside of her for nine months so she has the time to kind of come to terms with okay i'm gonna have a baby when this is over but a guy really like Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen that way for him it's like oh shit now i have a baby yeah and i didn't have that before and i have all these responsibilities all of a sudden and and that's why you just shouldn't have kids if you don't want them (laughs) well i also don't know if people don't know they don't want kids until yeah no i think that's i think that's legit because i mean i don't think anybody in the world has ever had a kid and been like it's been so easy the whole time oh i think it's just incredibly difficult so um i also wanted to talk about this scene and this is just something that i was thinking about when i was watching it when they were dancing in their apartment 
And I think that that scene would have been really good without the music as well, mm-hmm. with just ambient noise. Ambient noise. Ambient, yeah. I think that would have made the scene a little bit more romantic and cute because the music was a little bit generic in that scene mm-hmm. compared to the like the music in the rest of the movie. Like you said, it was, was so beautiful, beautiful yeah. and thought provo- and like thoughtful. I guess is the word I'm looking for. But the music in that scene where he's just like searching through the. Um, the radio and he finds i don't know what it is like old timey like pub music i'm not sure what it was but i didn't care for it and i think that it actually made the scene the scene seem a little bit more corny than the scene actually would have been same like keep the scene exactly the same just just no music you know maybe just have them like like have laughter and like normal apartment noises you know when they're first moving into their apartment so Yeah, yeah that's i mean i think that there is something to be said about um, not overwhelming your audience with too much music, mm-hmm. you know, because there are um, there are a bunch of great movies out there who have that have barely any s- score. Like Foxcatcher is a really good example. That one did not have a lot of a score. Um, the Descent is also one that doesn't have a lot of a score. It's it's mostly ambient sound. Now, obviously, these are are different, but. Um, I still think that sometimes if it's just overdone, it's too much that you're like, okay, we get it. There's music here. Like. Well, yeah, and in the scene like that with the dancing scene, I think you have to ask yourself, would these two people actually put the radio dial on this song mm-hmm. and keep it there? And I don't think most people would. I think most people wouldn't, wouldn't, because the music is just very generic in that right, scene. Right. So. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and so i just think the the power is lost when you just throw something in that maybe you're just like oh here's a uh public domain song that we can use or something or maybe the the person who did the score i think in the in the credits which i took a screenshot of composed by jeez i'm wearing my contacts so i feel like my eyes are getting tired composed by scott buckley so maybe that's the person oh who my did God, the music. I can't believe all day. And, um, all day I've been trying to figure. I'm like, what's different about her? Oh, you're not wearing your <laughs> That's right. I can't believe. I was like I'm all like, day. I'm Clark like, Kent. I'm like, she looks different. I'm Superman. I have my contacts on. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know wow. if, the, if the person who did the music did the music in that scene, but I think just um, thinking about the characters and what they would actually listen to for an extended period of time and dance to i don't know if that song would be it right right yeah um so what did you think of the movie overall i liked it would you Um, recommend it i would recommend it you know watch it on youtube it's on youtube watch it yeah i think it's really cool to support artists creating art i think it's awesome that there's a platform there's youtube is out there for people with a passion to create art and post it for everyone to see so it's it's short and sweet 42 minutes long and if anybody watches it and has any theories about the ending or if anyone wants to contact us about maybe what the intent was at the ending i'd be happy to hear it because including alex (laughs) we're putting you in that category i would recommend the movie because i think it's mostly well done but i do have issues with the ending so if anyone has any thoughts or theories please let us know but i would recommend it how about you yeah i think i would too um i was impressed with how professionally done it was yeah um it it was very beautifully done the um the shots were like 
like Alex, you got the aesthetic down, bro. Like you got it. That is that was beautiful, and um, I think the score was excellent. It, it looked very much like a professional film, you know, and and that's awesome because I've seen I've seen movies that have. Are are crap, <laughs> and I'm like, who who did this? Who who greenlit this? Because this is not good, <laughs> you know. Uh, and and so yeah, I I think I would I would recommend it too. Yeah, I just wish that there was more information. Yeah, thank you for reaching out to us yeah, as well. Thank you, Alex. I, I think that's really cool. I so. do too. I think it was exciting to get that message because it was like. I don't know. It just I think it made it made me feel special. <laughs> I don't know if it made you feel special, but it was like someone's reaching out and wants us to review their work. I think that's pretty cool. I just, you yeah, know? and I think the collaborative nature of like cuz I was actually talking at work recently about we like during team meetings, we have to talk about like something good that happened or something interesting and I don't really have a lot of fodder for I mean I, I don't mean that in a depressing way. I just mean I don't always have something to talk about, so I plugged the podcast a little bit and my supervisor asked us, like, what's your rating on iTunes? Because he's like, I know there's, like, 4 million podcasts. It's like 4.5, I think, or something. Oh, well, he's yeah, like... We have, like, 12 reviews. Oh, well, anyway, he said, what's your rating on iTunes? Because I know there's, like, 4 million podcasts out there. And I said, there's probably 3, 3 million podcasts about movies. <laughs> and then the million about other topics. So... You know, no, there's like movie three podcasts. million podcasts about true crime and oh. like maybe half a million about movies. Well, <laughs> I know that, you know, movie podcasts are a dime a dozen. So, yeah, I'm really, well, I'm really glad, niche, I'm really you know? glad that we have the opportunity to collaborate with another uh, cinephile, I assume, yeah. is a cinephile. And, I and <laughs> sort of like, you know, I think it's really cool. I think so, too. Uh, anyway, you can follow us on Instagram, watch some movies, follow us on Facebook and watch some movies. And if you like our movies and you want us to do a movie that you're recommending, you do one of two things. You can contact us via email, which is watchesandmovies at gmail.com, or you can go to iTunes. You can leave us a review, write the name of the movie you want us to do. Oh, five-star review. It's got to be five stars. <laughs> Don't give us any less. Or we won't review your movie. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and thank you so much to Mike for our theme music. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show Forty Two. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. His name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> thank you, Mike. And <laughs> stay I, classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess we're done. Bye. Bye.